Good day to you, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Film Focus, episode 56, the Mission Impossible Fallout Review. Film Focus. I am your host, the Hypersonic 55, and I'm glad that you decided to join me once again for some film-related discussion. So, how you doing? Feeling good? Bad? Indifferent? Um, I'm okay. Feeling pretty good. Bit hot at the moment, but uh, for anybody paying attention, at this point in time in the UK, we are experiencing the longest string of sunny days and heat uh, the country's seen for, you know, I think like what 40 years or something like that I enjoy the summer weather like this but not when I have to go to work or sitting in my house that doesn't have any fans so yeah I'm enjoying you know and every once in a blue moon I decide to go to the cinema and go about and watch a nice film like Mission Impossible Fallout yeah <laughs> yeah so uh, as you can tell by the title of the episode this is a review for the sixth film in the Mission Impossible series and it kind of is weird that after all this time the Mission Impossible series is still going it feels like in this current age of Hollywood films constantly being you know was it retooled rebooted uh, half sequel blah 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 take a pick a word that you know scramble a new series it feels weird that the Mission Impossible series is still in existence right now in the way in which it is you know this series started in the 90s and uh, for a little while it sort of went on a sort of downward to okay kind of trajectory. So, you know, we went from Mission Impossible, which I think people liked at the time, Mission Impossible 2, which everyone hated, Mission Impossible 3, which, depending on who you talked to, was a good entry or like a meh entry. But then it was 2011's Ghost Protocol that brought everything back and reinvigorated the franchise. And then with Rogue Nation in 2015, you can see that the energy was right back in this franchise and considering how well this series has done for Tom Cruise there is no chance that they were going to shut this thing down so now we have the sixth entry in the series and you know the trailers have been pretty good and the early word of mouth coming out for the film just prior to its release was you know pretty positive with some people saying it's the best film in the series I'm just like yo boy that's good I'm hyped so I went to see the film a few days ago um, at the current time of this recording it is the Friday that I think this film comes out in America we got it over here in the UK on the Wednesday um, and yeah I've, I've, I took an extra two days just to you know think about it just to make sure that my thoughts on the film were you know accurate and uh, yeah I'm pretty sure uh, my thoughts might change in the next few months, maybe after rewatching the other films, but for the time being, I definitely enjoyed my time with Mission Impossible Fallout, another solid entry in the series for sure, and um, we're going to you know, dive a little deeper into it, talk about its story, its characters, its presentation, and then you know, get to the conclusion as well, and you know, rank the films as well, just for the sake of it. So, without further ado, let's jump in. Alright, so the plot of the film can be described as the following. So you have Ethan Hunt and his IMF team, 
going off to go about and do a job to obtain some plutonium. However, the mission goes wrong, the team loses the plutonium, and that gets the attention of the CIA that want to go about and, you know, send in their own, like, agent just to go about and keep tabs on, you know, Ethan and his team just to make sure that they get the job done correctly the second time around because they don't trust Ethan. So, then it becomes a race against time to go about and obtain the plutonium before it falls into the wrong hands and causes chaos for the world. And that is essentially the plot of the film without going into the area of spoilers. Alright, so with the story, what I really like about it is that it feels like a direct continuation of what you got from Rogue Nation. So if you like Rogue Nation, you'll definitely like this one as well. The sense of mystery, intrigue, fun and drama that came with that film is back in full force. And yeah, it's just a good time. Like I said before, it feels like a direct follow-up to Rogue Nation, taking the plot and tone and just expanding upon it. It was cool and interesting to see how the Syndicate, you know, the main antagonistic organization from the last film, decided to continue their operations under a new name after their leader, Solomon Lane, was captured. And it seems like even though the good guys won last time, the situation has only gotten worse with the bad guys operating in the shadows and are part of this sort of like rising tide that will mess up the structure of the world should their IMF fail. And I like how this film constantly keeps bringing up this concept of, you know, how the world structure is, you know, the way the world works at the moment, you know, with the governments and how everything is done is just wrong and they want to go about and right the wrongs of the world by like, you know, basically destroying it and, you know, uh, creating this new world order which would, in their eyes, be, you know, a much better system than the one that we have in play. I just like that concept, and I've seen it, you know, handled in a few other films, but the way in which it's done in this one is pretty interesting, and you're curious just to see, you, you know it's a bad thing, but you're curious to see if it would actually, like, you know, does it do any good, because they, these guys are so passionate about this uh, cause that they're going to such lengths to cause chaos for everybody in the world just to, you know, is it create this new world which you know is a bad thing you know it's a bad thing but it's interesting to see that this uh organization is so so passionate about it. and the fact that they're called the apostles i believe is a pretty nice touch it's a nice name i also love the clever nature of this film the mission impossible films have always had like you know these nice little like uh moments for you know the audience to be surprised and you know have these mysteries have like some nice revelations and this film is no different rogue nation was really good about that and fallout is also really good this film does some really good stuff with the way in which it plants seeds of information whether it be visual or verbal and then call back on it later on or how there are numerous, and I mean numerous, surprises and revelations that happen when the when it comes to the story and characters. Uh, the film likes to zig when you expect it to zag. I love the moments where the film can lead you down a path that you've been down before, especially when it comes to these sort of thriller-based films, and still surprise you later on. There are surprises in this film that come left, right, and center in a very short space of time as well. Sometimes there'll be like, you know, some character does this and then someone else does that. And you're like, well, psh, mate, mate, chill out, chill out. Like, you know, I'm only just getting over the last surprise. You got this one for me as well. This film is very smart, very clever, very layered in terms of the way in which it does certain things. Some of these reveals require multiple characters or certain things that you thought was insignificant at a point in the film beforehand, but then it comes back later on. You're just like, well, damn, okay. That is pretty cool. 
And okay, yeah, for some people, some of this stuff is, you know, was it, I guess, standard fare, and it's probably not that clever, and maybe I'm just a dummy, but I thought the film had some really great, smart re revelations and reveals that just made it so much fun, and uh, I was having a good time. I also want to say that I believe that this film has probably maybe the best balance of humor and drama of the series because um, I think with Ghost Protocol that was definitely the most fun I'd had with any of these Mission Impossible films and Rogue Nation was definitely a lot more serious and I feel like this film has like a nice marriage between the two of them some really nice light-hearted moments in the you know moments of uh, drama but also some really good serious stuff and I feel like this is the most personal story for not only Ethan Hunt, but some of the other, you know, main protagonists of this series. Whether they were, you know, introduced in the last film or, you know, go back as far as, like, you know, Mission Impossible, like, number one as well. There's some great callbacks to the series as well. So if you're a fan that's, you know, watched these films from the beginning or at least, like, you know, I don't know, say from number three onwards, there's some nice uh, callbacks, nostalgic moments and, you know, just... Uh, some really solid material for, you know, long-term fans of this series, so it just adds to, you know, the sense of camaraderie and, like, um, teamwork and family-based nature that comes with these characters. I'd say that if there was any negatives that I had about the film, I'd say that there were just a few elements that I could predict as opposed to the previous two films. Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation had a lot of cool and surprising elements that I just didn't see coming in any way, shape, or form. Or if there were certain things I saw coming in those films, they weren't as overt as this one. So that would be my only major negative, really. I definitely will have to see the film again to see if any of the story elements change for me, because I remember seeing Rogue Nation back in 2015, and I thought it was good, but not as good as Ghost Protocol. But as time went on, it definitely edged up, I think becoming either as good or if not better than Ghost Protocol, so it'll be interesting to see if Fallout story will hold up in the same way a few months or a few years from now, so yeah, the story of Fallout is pretty damn cool. Alright, now it's time to talk about those characters, and one of the things I enjoyed about this film so much was the characters. The cast were really solid, it's great to see the returning cast come back and do the business in, you know, their wonderful, unique ways. But it's also great to see the newcomers come into the film and change things up and add to the Mission Impossible, like, you know, was it universe in a really nice way. So let's not waste any time and start with the main man himself, Tom Cruise as Ethan Hunt. Now, Ethan Hunt, uh, he's a great guy. I like him. I feel like it wasn't until I think maybe Ghost Protocol where they started to flesh his character out a little bit more. Now sure, there was the whole stuff with his wife in the third film which is pretty solid, but I feel it was Rogue Nation specifically that really started to call into question, you know, uh, Ethan Hunt's state of mind and personality and his um, commitment to going about and like, you know, completing a job regardless of how much chaos he leaves in his wake. The thing about Ethan Hunt is that he's committed to the mission, but he also cares dearly for his teammates who he considers, you know, probably friends slash family at this point because he's essentially alone doing the majority of this stuff. So he needs these people in his life to go about and, um, you know, help him out. And this film especially highlights the fact that as much as he cares about the mission, he will only do the mission if his teammates are safe. And um, like Rogue Nation was, you know, a more personal story for um, Ethan Hunt. And I feel like this is probably the most damage the guy gets, not only in the physical sense, but also, you know, was it mentally as well because of the stuff that goes on, which obviously I can't talk about because it's spoiler based. But suffice to say, there's some cool um, 
callbacks to the past that you know get brought into question here and uh, just seeing the way that um, Hunt interacts with his team and has to deal with some of these uh, situations which are like you know larger than life and crazy um, and seeing how someone like him can just keep going you know and persevere is uh, commendable and obviously Tom Cruise is still doing the business man like uh, he's so charming and fun and uh, man is still committed to all that action I'm just like how can someone mash themselves up so much for our entertainment and still keep going I love the guy he's just he's brilliant he really is the Western equivalent of Jackie Chan at this point, and I love it. I really want those two to do a film together. That'd be great. Anyway, moving on now, we have Henry Cavill as Agent August Walker. Now, I remember way back when, when he was, you know, assigned to join this film, and I was like, that's wonderful casting there. Henry Cavill is great. It's great to see him in another spy-based film, which isn't James Bond yet, but maybe this is sort of like a step closer in that direction. And if you're a fan of, you know, Henry Cavill, like I am, I'm not like, you know, the super massive fan, but I've always liked, you know, his look. And most of the films I've seen him in, I really enjoyed. And if you know that he's, you know, he was noted to be James Bond at a certain point, I think around the time that uh, Daniel Craig was entering the series. And then if you've seen him in The Man From U.N.C.L.E. as well, it's just like, now you desperately want to see him in a, in a James Bond film because he was so good in this film. One of the things I liked about his character is that he is a no-nonsense straight man. He is a man of few words, and whenever he does speak, he speaks with sass, cockiness, and um, comes across as a bit rude, but he is very good at what he does. He does things his own way, which leads to, like, you know, just a few, like, you know, is it, um, ways that which he, you know, impedes Ethan and the team in some ways, but he has his own talents, he's very good, and, um, his arc in the film was pretty cool as well. Henry Cavill was made for, like, you know, these sort of action spy films. He just has a wonderful demeanor, his physical presence, you know, especially during the action sequences, is really good. The guy's just great. I really liked him, and every time he was on screen, I'm like, oh yeah, Henry Cavill, woo, yeah. So, um, I kind of feel the same way about Cavill, the same way I did about Rebecca Ferguson in, like, you know, uh, Rogue Nation. On a smaller level, because, you know, I think, was it with Ferguson, she was like an unknown quantity in the world of film, so when she showed up in that film and just kicked so much ass, you're just like, well, where the hell did she come from, and why is she not in more movies? But with Cavill, we already expect, like, you know, is it a certain level of, like, you know, is it badassery from him, and he just delivered wholeheartedly. I really want to see him as James Bond, so if he is, you know, on the list to be the next James Bond, I would love to have him. He's great. And then there's Ving Rhames as Luther. I've always liked this guy. There is just a nice sense of fun. You get this warm, fuzzy feeling whenever he's around. Just like, oh, Ving Rhames is around. He's a cool guy. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be having fun with him. And he's always a fun guy. He has these great one-liners. He's always around when you need him. He knows how to handle his, you know, was it, spy-based stuff pretty well. Um, but more so than that, he really does feel like Ethan's oldest friend. He's been around in the series since the first film, and you get that sense of, like, you know, friendship between those two. And Simon Pegg as uh, Benji, I love that guy. I've loved him mainly since, like, you know, as it Mission Impossible 4, because um, 
him and uh, Ethan have such great banter. They just have this great back and forth. Whether they're like, you know, is it joking about stuff or in like, you know, is it these um, really dangerous situations and they're just bickering back and forth. There's just a great energy and back and forth between those two. And you can tell that Tom Cruise and Simon Pegg have like, you know, just a great sense of chemistry on and off screen. And uh, Benji, he has some really solid moments in this film as well. Seeing how far his character has come since, you know, Mission Impossible 3 being like, you know, is it just a guy in an office to, you know, coming out in the field and doing the missions and, you know, being right in the thick of the action. He's really good and I enjoyed him in this film. And then there's Rebecca Ferguson as Isla Faust. At least I hope that's how you're saying her name. I've always gotten that kind of questionable. But yeah, Isla Faust is one of my favorite characters in all the Mission Impossible films. When she showed up in Mission Impossible 5, I was just like, oh my god, this woman, oh, she is the most wonderful combination of like, you know, is it beautiful and badass I've ever seen in my life. And she continues that very much in this film as well. What was cool about Faust in the last film was that she had a mission that she had to do mainly because of her ties to MI6 and some of these like you know more questionable shady dealings that was going on with the uh, UK government in relation to the syndicate and how she had to you know sort of go against the IMF team on a few occasions just to try and complete her mission and it seems like even though a lot of her story elements were sort of wrapped up in the previous film there's still a lot going on with her in terms of her ties to MI6 and how she has to take on this new job in order to go about and like you know is it be free from the people that she works for basically and I thought Rebecca Ferguson was fabulous again it was great to see where her character's gone from that previous film to this one her and Ethan have some really great moments and Ferguson is just great so wonderful and then there's Angela Bassett as Erica Sloan, the new director of the CIA, and she was really good in the film as well. Most times I see Angela Bassett in a film, I'm never disappointed, and she doesn't disappoint here as well. She has a great screen presence, she is a woman not to be trifled with, and it's interesting to see how this new CIA, like, you know, is it head, is watching Ethan like a hawk, literally saying, you know what, nah mate, you cannot operate in the way in which you've been doing before because you're dangerous, and we want to make sure that this mission goes completely to the book and you know we're watching you because anything that you do if it goes wrong then we're gonna you know we're gonna mess you up so uh, I like Bassett she was great she does that cool thing that she always does that when she's you know acting in a serious kind of role she does that thing with her face where it's just like oh my god I don't want to cross that woman it's there's a fire in her eyes where it looks like she could mess you up so that's great I also really enjoyed the return of Sean Harris as Solomon Lane. He was a great antagonist for the last film, and he is, as far as I'm aware, the only antagonist to survive a film in this Mission Impossible series into the sequel. And it's great to see how, even though he's been incarcerated for a while, that he's still stuck to his ideals. He's a very intimidating presence who has a very specific mindset who basically just hopes that the world basically like you know as it implodes that he can go about and um, create this new world and Harris I thought in the previous film had a great intimidation factor sort of like Bane did in The Dark Knight Rises but I didn't find him as intense just because his voice was just a little too soft for me but I find him even more like you know is it interesting mainly because of his uh, connection to Ethan and like the IMF team and seeing like you know Ethan 
and Solomon have these sort of exchanges as well was pretty cool because now you can see that there is a sense of vengeance and uh, personal stakes for the both of them to go about and like you know is it fulfill their goals there's also Alec Baldwin as well my boy who um, was the former CIA director who became like you know is it the main leader of the IMF I love Baldwin, he's one of my favourite actors, um, especially since watching him in 30 Rock, and he is used to great effect in this film. Very intense, very cool, has some really great moments with the IMF team and some other stuff as well. Great stuff. And uh, Vanessa Kirby as the White Widow, she was really cool. I liked her. The, she is this nice sort of uh, black market arms dealer who has this interesting role to play throughout the film which I'm not going to go back and say but suffice to say she has some really great moments um, you know in and out of the action sequences and uh, Kirby is a delightful beautiful lady who um, I've actually seen in a few films beforehand which I never noticed until now which I feel terrible about because she was a really good addition to this film and the appearance of Michelle Monaghan and Wes Bentley were also you know very well done as well. I like Wes Bentley. I see him in films every once in a blue moon, and I'm just like, oh yeah, you're that guy I remember from seeing the first time in Ghost Rider. And uh, Michelle Monaghan, she plays a uh, Julia. And uh, for those of you paying attention to this series, you know that's Ethan's like you know wife as well. And the role that she has to play in this film was pretty good. Overall, the cast was just really great. Good stuff. And now it's time to talk about the presentation and overall is very very impressive from a visual standpoint I like this film a lot the action sequences in the Mission Impossible series have always been one of the high points of the series It's one of the sort of things that you sort of remember after each film is over and each film has its memorable sequence and I feel since Ghost Protocol this series has always been about up in the ante when it comes to the action sequences whether you're talking about stunts over the top action set pieces and just the action in general and this film does it pretty well going back to the first Mission Impossible film you had the uh, sequence with the train and the helicopter in the tunnel which is still one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen Mission Impossible 2 I'm not sure exactly what point you're supposed to like you know as a remember in terms of those action sequences because a lot of them sort of blend together for me but because of the crazy absurd nature of the fight sequences because they were mainly done in slow motion with some of the strangest uh, fight choreography and stuff ever set up I guess you'd go with the final fight between like you know Ethan and the main bad guy of that film that was so weird and funny in all the worst and best kind of ways. Mission Impossible 3, I don't really remember that one that well because I've only seen it once. Um, and obviously Ghost Protocol, we had the whole thing in Dubai where uh, Tom Cruise was on that really high building, climbing it and then, you know, doing that whole thing with the rope running along the side of the building and trying to jump back into that window. Insane. And then Rogue Nation had the whole thing with Tom Cruise strapped to a bloody plane as it's flying off into the air. Like, my god, how far are you going to take this? So this film is just like, okay, well, you know, we had him strapped to a plane. Let's, you know, have him trying to climb a rope into a moving helicopter. That not enough of you? How about he's riding on a, you know, motorcycle and he crashes into a car and flies off of that thing? Not enough for you? How about he's, you know, climbing a cliff and he falls off? How about, I don't know, some other random crazy stuff like him leaping off a building in London. Madness. Pure madness. I don't know how this man is still alive. 
He is, like I said before, the modern-day equivalent of Jackie Chan right now. You know, was it throwing himself in harm's way for the sake of entertainment? But I love it. I love the action in this film. Not only just for Ethan, for all the other characters in this film. Whether you're talking about some of these really cool and intricately done car chase sequences, or you have these moments where you have you know, really great hand-to-hand fight sequences, especially this one moment with this one guy, Tom Cruise and Henry Cavill in a bathroom. That is wonderful. There's also helicopter chase sequences, which are all sorts of chaos and maddening. And the way in which everything is shot is done so very well. The way in which the uh, cinematographer was able to go about and choreograph all of this stuff is really good. Not only for the action-based stuff, but for some of the quieter moments. There's a moment where uh, Isla Faust and Ethan Hunt, and as they are, you know, just walking around, the way in which the film is shot, uh, it's just wonderful. There is such a wonderful sense of symmetry and the way in which the shots are all put together you can feel like there's a sense of, you know, was it, everything was deliberate, and it looks gorgeous, especially some of the interior locations as well, there's one moment in a church, um, the way in which they set up some of those shots is really good, it just feels like there is such a sense of um, care when it comes to the way in which everything is shot and put together, and the way in which characters sort of sit within the frame, it looks wonderful, so good! But the visuals aren't the only great thing about this film. We have a pretty damn good film score from Lorne Balfe. Now, I believe he took over from the previous film composer whose name I am forgetting at the moment. I think it begins with J. I think his name is Joe something. But yeah, if you know me, I'm really into my film scores. And I still believe that Michael Giacchino's film score for Ghost Protocol was still my favorite just because it has such a crazy bombastic sassy awesome sound which really lends itself well to the spy genre but this new dude he is a pretty damn good close second because he has created some of the best music in the series so far in my opinion and that's not to say that rogue nation didn't have really solid music but i feel like um balf's compositions in this film have the most intense emotionally charged and dramatic stuff that we've seen in this series you know, since, you know, uh, Ghost Protocol in the sense that everything's more intense, more in your face, and there is such a Hans Zimmer vibe about this film. There were several points where I'm watching this film and some of the instrumentation really reminded me of the work that uh, Zimmer did on the Dark Knight trilogy, most notably The Dark Knight Rises or the stuff that he did in Inception as well. And then when I look this guy up and see that Balfour's worked with Hans Zimmer on a number of films over the course of his career, I'm just like, oh, well, that makes sense now. I guess these guys would vibe off each other in a certain way and maybe that would lead into, like, you know, Balfour's work. But this soundtrack was really good, so wonderful in its composition and just had a nice intensity to it. And I'm always curious to see how they're going to redo the Mission Impossible theme song in the beginning and the end of the film, and this one was really quite good. It's different, but a nice kind of different, and very intense. The film score, damn good. And so now that leads us to our conclusion, Mission Impossible Fallout, what did I think of it? I say it's a pretty damn good film and you should go out and see it. I really enjoyed the energy of this film, it just felt right. 
and it felt like a really great follow-up to the last film it has a lot more drama more personal stakes for all the characters it felt like a more character driven film overall the action set pieces were insane really good stuff like I said before the film score is really good besides some predictable elements when it comes to like you know is it the plot and some of the characters Overall, it's a really great film, and I'm pretty sure it will, you know, I think my love for it will increase in the coming months slash years. Okay, so how would I, you know, rank it when compared to the previous films? It's kind of tough to say, but at the moment, I would probably say that this is probably my third favorite film, just behind uh, Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation. Ghost Protocol will always be my favorite just because it was the film that, you know, I it was my first Mission Impossible film but also there was just a, such a sense of fun and adventure and chaos to that film that I don't know if I'll ever be able to feel that same way about a Mission Impossible film again but Rogue Nation was also really really good so I feel like Rogue Nation, Fallout and Ghost Protocol will sort of exist within the same realm of existence they're all really top quality films that bring something new and interesting to the series but also have like their own variations of really good and uh, this film is really good if you're a fan of the series you owe it to yourself to check it out if you're just looking for some good action you should go back and check this out as well it's, it's good some really good stuff so now I pass it over to you guys what did you think of Mission Impossible Fallout how do you think it compares to the previous films is it your favorite is it like you know was it a little further down Whatever your thoughts are, please be sure to drop me a comment in the comment section below or holler at me on Twitter where I am at hypersonic 55 or at filmfocus 55 Or you can always holler at us via the email for hypersonic 55 at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing your thoughts about this because I heard from the uh, early screenings that everyone really liked the film, but then I've seen some, I guess, slightly lower opinions about the film as some of the other reviews have started to come out. But yeah, I thought this film was really good. It's definitely like one of my favorite films of the summer, so good stuff. All right, that's me done. Thank you for listening as always, and until the next time, this is Hypersonic 55 signing out. Peace.